Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, Christian, here we are again, Saturday night, recording another podcast for UMMC, Christians on Campus. I'm glad you're here. How was your week? Week was pretty good. Got a lot done, uh, making progress. So pretty happy about that. Well, Christian, today we are moving on in Galatians 1. And I remember last time when we ended the podcast, I had a strong burden to ask our listeners to be open-minded and to not get offended because Galatians, believe it or not, really is probably one of the more offensive books toward Christians. Not on purpose, but sometimes when the Lord has a burden to put something out there, Many people might not want to accept or hear it, but we have to be faithful, Christian, to continue to speak the word, because I think if our listeners can really get the burden of Galatians, it truly will revolutionize their pursuit of Christ. Yeah, I totally agree. This whole point about Galatians uh, and Paul writing almost in a polemical way, he's fighting against what the, the Jewish believers had gotten themselves into. What they were doing is trying to force the Gentile believers to be under uh, the same law that they were under. And Paul is just really fighting against that. So glad we can uh, get into it a little more today. For sure, Christian. Well, and today what we will do is we actually have four verses that we want to read in Galatians chapter 1. So that would be verse 13, 14, 15, and 16. But I want to break it actually into two sections. So verse 14 and 15, and then verse 16 and 17. So Christian, the reason I want to break this apart is I believe verse 14 and 15 really paints the picture clearly that religion and the Lord are not synonymous things. So growing up in Christianity, in the system of Christianity, and it's not, we're not saying it's, horrible and this is the worst thing in the world but what we're saying is it might not always be christ and we'll actually dive a little bit onto that but the burden is going to be on verse 15 and 16. so christians do you have the first two verses 13 and 14. yes so this is galatians 1 13 and 14. for you have heard of my manner of life formerly in judaism that I persecuted the church of God excessively and ravaged it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries in my race, being more abundantly a zealot for the traditions of my fathers. Thanks, Christian. So there's a couple of points I want to bring this out. And we'll start here. When you're reading these verses, you might get the impression that Paul it's just maybe very finicky. Maybe he is, I've actually had some people past week say, well, Paul is just jealous. Look, he, he says his way is the only way. 
and that there is no other way. And if you con contradict him, then you're accursed. And I've actually had people say this, but I'll actually counter that and say, Paul was not the first person to experience something like this. In fact, this is something that had been going on even in the entire Old Testament and very pronounced in the Gospels. If you think about it, when the Lord Jesus was on the earth, Christian, he was there, he was doing so many good works, right? Miracles and healing and all these things. But there was a group of people that were always against him. And believe it or not, some people will say, well, maybe it was the world. It was Satan or whatever. And indirectly, yes. But the biggest ones, if you read the Gospels carefully, were actually the Judaizers, which is what Paul talked about here in verse 14, Judaism. Now, Christian, Judaism is actually something that came forth from God, right? It was something that started in the Old Testament. It was something that started with the Mosaic law that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. It was something with the offerings and the temple and all these things being built. This was all from God. But something happened between the time that God gave it, and maybe even God's vision of it, and the time that the Lord Jesus was here. What was going on, or Christian, what happened? Yeah, the, the law came as a, as a safeguard, right? And in, eventually, in, later on in Galatians, we see that the law is a child conductor under Christ. And, the, you know, the law, it sets a standard. It's a, it's a standard of morality, and actually, it's a portrait of God. It's very interesting when God gives the Ten Commandments in Exodus, he says, this is my covenant with you. It's, it's kind of like a, it's actually in the, in the sense of a marriage agreement. So the law was given as a result of the fall. There had there has to be something or else there's or else it's just complete chaos, right? So yes, the law had a very good purpose and kind of in a similar way, a practical way, like that's why we spend time to educate our our children and, and the, the ones below us to to give them a proper value system to shape their humanity. But eventually, we, we do need to be brought to Christ, or else we reach a point in our life where that law, because we realize we can't, we can't fulfill it. And at that point, we really need to see Christ. I just want to mention, when you were speaking, you know, even in the Gospels, the Lord was being opposed by the, the Judaizers or the Jewish religionists. I, I just finished reading John chapter 5, my personal Bible reading. And the Lord, he healed a man who was laying on a mat for 38 years, a paralyzed man. He said, rise up, take up your mat and walk. And he was healed. This is a miracle, right? This man who couldn't walk for 38 years gets healed, can start walking. The next verse, it says some, something along the lines of, and, and the, the Jewish, I don't know who it was, they said, hey, you're not allowed to pick up your mat because it's the Sabbath. This man just got, this man just got healed. He received life. But these people were so concerned with you can't hold your mat on the Sabbath. The, the rules had become so, I don't know, so big, so so distracting even from life. So anyway, this was Paul's experience, right? He's giving his testimony again here, kind of a different version of his testimony where this was his background. He came out of this. He was the top Jewish religionist, where he really was. 
Yeah, exactly, Christian. And I, I like what you said. You know, the law was given as a child conductor, and we'll actually bring this out in Galatians 3 later in the podcast series. But the goal of the law and the goal of the entire Ten Commandments, the whole thing in the Old Testament was to point to Christ. In fact, like you were saying, Christian, in John chapter 5, verse 39, the Lord said something striking to the Jewish religionists, right? So these people, again, they're not bad people. They are doing their best to try to follow God's law, to try to serve God's law, but they were missing something. Anyway, the Lord said in John 5, 39, he said, you search the scriptures daily because you think that in them you have life. And these are those that testify concerning me, right? Yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And what a striking word that is. Here, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the people who should know him, who knew the prophecies, who knew that the Messiah was coming, who knew all of these things about the Lord. Yet when the Lord was standing there right in front of them, they missed him. And I agree with you, Christian. I think this is such a good picture of what Paul is talking about. The Lord Jesus even talked about. I'll actually read another verse. This is in John 16, 2. So the Lord was talking to his disciples. And it says, he was telling them, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Now, we might wonder, like, how in the world is that possible? Or rules that were given by God had now become something that opposes God. And this is essentially, like you said, Christian, what Paul the Apostle experienced. He said he was advancing in Judaism beyond many of his own age. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. And earlier he said, I persecuted the church of God violently and I tried to destroy it. And this might be very hard for people to wrap their mind around, like we were saying, Christian, but this is just reality. We as mankind love making things religious. And let me define what I mean by that. What I mean by that is we love serving God apart from God. How could someone, like the Lord said in John 16, kill a follower of Jesus while thinking he is serving God? In a sense, we could say, Christian, that the religious system had replaced God. And I'll actually just end here before we segue to the more important part of this. You know, when the Lord Jesus was walking on the earth for those three and a half years, teaching and essentially spreading God's kingdom, the offerings in the temple was still going on at that time. The burnt offering, the meal offering, the sin offering, all these things were still happening at the temple. Yet the Lord was somewhere else. So you might have to ask yourself, if you were there at that time, would you still go to the temple to do all your religious duties, or would you follow the Lord? And I think that's a nice picture, a nice contrast to see that, oh, wow, obviously looking hindsight is 2020, we'll say, yeah, of course, we'll follow the Lord. But even today, Christian, I would, even, I would caution us to think that so boldly. I was listening to a biography. So this was like in the 1900s. There were a lot of missionaries that were being sent to China at that time. And there was a group called the Missionary Christian Missionary Alliance. 
And this birder got up in that stage and he said, if the Lord Jesus walked into this room right now, we would not recognize him. Essentially saying the same thing. We had become, we had fallen in love with the system more than the Lord himself. And I would even say today, Christian, we might fall into that same pitfall. We might love the system more than we love the Lord. We might love the work more than our Lord. And this could really get us off track. We could be the ones that were worshiping in the temple and continuing to do all the traditions of our fathers, yet the Lord is somewhere far, far away walking. And so this is a real warning to us. But the flip side, so now we got all that heavy stuff away. Christian, Paul had a wonderful revelation in Galatians 1, verse 15 and 16. That is essentially the opposite to the first two verses. Do you mind reading that? Yes. It's Galatians 1, 15 and 16. But when it pleased God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his son in me, that I might announce him as the gospel among the Gentiles. So I, I think the, the key portion there is to reveal his son in me. I think that sounds a little weird, so I'm going to read it, which might make a little make a little more sense. But when it pleased God to reveal that his son is in me. That was the revelation Paul received. He realized that Christ was in him. And uh, so, so that's in opposition. That's an alternative to the verses before, right? The verses before was, were the, uh, the, the traditions of his father, uh, was Judaism, which had just become a religion that was trying to serve God, but actually had no God in it at that point. Instead, here, there's a living person, a living person that was living in Paul, okay? And I, I just want to very quickly bring out a couple verses connected to this for our benefit, you know, and again, benefiting from Paul's revelation and his further writings. So I'm just going to say the three verses very quickly. They're Romans 8.10. 2 Corinthians 13.5, and Colossians 1.27. What's really special about these three verses is that they explicitly state Christ in you. And Paul speaking to the believers, okay? And I just want to read this because we, need, we also need to have this revelation that Christ is in us. And I need to be reminded all the time. Okay, so this is Romans 8.10. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And then this is uh, 2 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. This is Paul speaking again to the Corinthians. Since you seek a proof of the Christ who is speaking in me, who is not weak unto you, but is powerful in you, 
for indeed he was crucified out of weakness. But he lives by the power of God, for indeed we are weak in him, but we will live together with him by the power of God directed toward you. And verse 5, test yourselves, whether you're in the faith, prove yourselves, or do you not realize about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you're disapproved? Here, that, 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 those verses were very clear. Christ is a living person, and he's in us. Okay, and finally, this, these last few verses from Colossians. Colossians 1, 25 through 27. So Paul says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, which is given to me for you to complete the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from the generations, but now has been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what are the riches, the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I just wanted to give the, those verses to you know, anybody who's listening to show that the Lord really lives in us. The word says it. Paul saw it. We need to see it. We need to see it, and then we need to experience it. We need to experience this one living in us, or else we just fall into a religion, trying to do some outward things that we're supposed to do. Amen. Christian, coming in hot. Those were some fantastic verses, and I just have to second that, Christian. So a little bit of my testimony. The book of Galatians holds a, a very special place in my heart because it was this book that changed my view of my Christian life really forever. And it's not too strong to say that out loud because it actually was a conference on the book of Galatians that truly changed the direction of my Christian life. And I would have to testify, like you were saying, Christian, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up going to church every Sunday. I did all the right things. I led Bible studies. I, you know, preached the gospel to my friends, brought them to church camp, and did all these things that I was supposed to do. But I remember soon we were going to college, and many of them left. Many of them started leaving church. And I couldn't figure out why. I was like, we did everything right. You know, what's what's going on? And one of my friends told me, and it, it really shook me. She said that if being a Christian is just being good and doing the right thing, then why can't we just be a Mormon or a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim? Like, be whatever you want to be, because essentially all religions are just telling us to be good. And so after that, it really got me thinking, you know, essentially my whole life was just trying to be good and obviously I, I multiple times failing at it. Maybe I just need to try harder. And it wasn't until someone brought me to this conference on Galatians that it really opened my eyes, just like you said, Christian. It's not, we can even say it this way. And I was advancing in Christianity beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. You can say that. I could, well, I mean, I, I can't say you. I could say that and be completely honest. That was what was going on. But like you said, 
being a Christian is not about the law or the system. Being Christian is realizing that the Lord Jesus lives inside. The Lord Jesus is not a tool. It's not like when we get really stressed out, we use the Lord like a hammer and hammer out all our anxieties and then we're good again, right? But the Lord actually is a real living person inside our heart that has feelings. He has desires. He has feelings. He has direction. He has all these things. But he's just waiting for us to learn how to walk with him, to learn how to give to consent and give him consent to take over every part of our being so that truly when people see us, they don't see me and Christ walking separately. They actually see the Lord living himself out of my living. And Christian, I just want to read this little section real quick, and then I'll give you the final word because this is just too good. So this is actually in Luke chapter 9. And the Lord had essentially revealed himself to his disciples. And, you know, he asked, you know, what did the people say that I am? And Peter says, hey, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, right? So wonderful revelation of who the Lord Jesus was. You know, he's the son of God. He is the Messiah. Then it it says here, this is uh, in Luke 9, verse 28. The Lord took the Peter and John and James up to a mountain to pray. And when he was there, he actually transfigured. So he shone in his glory. He became dazzling white. And in verse 30 says, And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So here is Moses and Elijah and the Lord Jesus all together conversing. And I'm, and, it, and to a Jewish person, this is like, oh my gosh, Moses, you know, this he's like celebrity status. He's the, he's where the law came from, all the laws that we follow, you know. And you have Elijah, and Elijah is probably the prophet of prophets, right? He is probably the most infamous prophet. So in a sense, you can say the law was there. The prophecies were there in the entire Old Testament. Everything that Peter, James, John would have known was right there. Of course, the Lord Jesus was there. And here in 32, it says, Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he said. I like I like that. He didn't know what he just said. And in 34, it says, As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And so, what this picture was is essentially peter essentially is us christian you have the law you have the prophets you have the lord and in our mind they're the same they're all equal we'll make a tent for the law we'll make a tent for the lord we'll make a tent for the prophets and we'll just celebrate all three together because all three are good things you know the law is good the prophets are good you know the lord of course good but in the father's eyes there is only one. When the Lord is here, everything else needs to fade away. Everything else needs to go away. And if we don't learn to let those things go and just cling to the Lord and hear the Lord, 
then we could definitely fall into the pitfall that the Galatians were stuck in. And so I'm really excited, Christian, as we go through Galatians, because there's so much more to bring out over the next couple of weeks. And I really hope our listeners stick with us, because again, you might they might hear this, or you know, you might hear this and be super offended, say, "No, that can't be right." But I don't know what to say, Christian. We have to be faithful to speak the truth. So I'll give you the last word. Any closing thoughts? Amen. We we have to be faithful to to speak what is in the word. May the Lord have mercy on all of us to unveil us and to increase our appreciation of him personally and that he would become more real to all of us. That's a prayer for myself and for whoever's listening. Amen. Amen, Christian. Well, thanks again always for your time. We're excited to keep going on. Galatians 2 is our next uh, next destination, and it's going to be really good in Galatians 2. So hope our listeners keep following along. And of course, with our students' Bible study on Wednesday, we will see them there. Thanks again, Christian. Amen. For very love, thy sacred name a thousand times a day. Oh, Jesus, Lord, with me abide. I rest in thee, whate'er betide. Thy gracious smile is my reward. I love, I love thee, Lord. I love thee so. Transports to control. Thy love is like a bird.